when I was knocking around what games to play tonight, uh, Ocarina of Time popped up. Ooh, no. Because I have Ocarina yeah, of Time. can't do that. Why not? What's wrong with that? Hey, listen. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing wrong. It's a great game. It's a fu- fantastic game. All right, we're back, Tiny Tina. Back to save uh, not Dungeons and Dragons. I think they call it in this one Bunkers and Badasses. Sure. Is their version of Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. Because, I mean... I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think... Uh, Wizards of the Coast, they're not a nice company. Uh, they are they got, they have a stranglehold yeah, on their on their IP and they're like, right. no, you can't you're not, you're not gonna use our stuff. That's the nature of IP though. I mean you if they always say that if if you wanna go after a copyright you would have to then pursue every claim. That's why Disney has to go, you know, so far in their pursuits. Disney's super shady when it comes to copyrights. Oh, they're they're awful. I'm just saying that like that's the legal strategy is you have to go, you know, if you're gonna sue the big company for ripping you off, you have to sue mom and pop too. I'm looking at you, Snow White and Cinderella, and every other all the other all public the other domain stories that they that, took over and then copyrighted. Right. I'm like, that's not very cool, Disney. And at the same or time, the- I gladly play the uh, the seven ninety nine a month for. Uh, Disney Plus because I love it so I think I'm gonna die. What about when they changed copyright law itself to extend their own copyright? <laughs> right? They just changed the rules. That's against oh. the law, Disney. Which time you ask? We changed the <laughs> Several law. Several times. Every Bun- time it came up. Bunches and bunches of times. Who owns in the last episode we mentioned it briefly. Yes. Who owns it? Who owns it? Uh I imagine right now the studio that made the last film. Okay. I had a feeling that was the case. I wasn't sure, though. Now, famously, Stephen King has a set of stories and things on his website that you can literally go and bid on, and he'll sell you the rights to for a dollar. The theory being, he wants to support artists, and he wants to give people an opportunity to make things. He's not super attached to his uh, IPs? I think he's learned in multiple ways that... Once it leaves his brain and it's out in the world, that it's just its own thing. I kind of like that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I support that. So that's why you see a lot of adaptations um, in general. Thinner. Yeah. Looking at you, thinner. Looking at you, thinner. Uh, Silver bullet, you know, those level (laughs) Drunken Gary Busey fighting uh, werewolves. Uh, Shawshank Redemption that we also talked about in the last episode. That's Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, a short story. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, to... To bring it back around to it, and we're talking about who owns the rights. Yeah, Stephen King's not super precious about the rights to his a lot of his stuff. Some he is, some he isn't. You know, some characters he's more connected to than others, and some things he just wrote on a cocaine binge. Right. And boy, yeah. he did a lot of cocaine too. Yeah, Rob Reiner, you can make that into oh, a story. Oh boy, <laughs> it's a story about cocaine by cocaine for for cocaine. for cocaine too. <laughs> so, I love it. Uh, it was one of the first like real Stephen King books I read. I had read some of the sh- short story. Collections. It is it is quite the book too. It's a long, it's a slog to get you through. Know, and I've I hear a lot of slander about it online about the book. Why? It's just no one's ever happy uh, about anything stuff about the way Stephen King writes women. There's the whole oh well, sure, children right? doing sexual things at different parts of the book, and there's perhaps it was a little uh, short crime in the first chapter. Like there's a lot of things that that he handles in different ways that maybe would be different now nah, uh, uh, blah 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 i 
really like the book. Perhaps it was a little short-sighted for me to say, what's wrong with the book then? Apparently there's a lot wrong with the book that I am... Uh, the adaptation, the newest adaptation you saw, uh, and the 1990 adaptation, both omit the glaring... Oh, well, sure. And that's crime storyline. And, and it's like nobody about. even talked... They didn't even bring it up in the... I didn't read any criticism of either where they were like, they should have put that in because it's pretty rough. Oh, I see. They should have put that... No, they should not have put that in. It was a bad idea. No, it would be a bad idea to try to portray it now. But in the book, within the narrative structure of the book, I think it works. Gotcha. It's essentially the story. The story starts out... Uh, and you're learning about a guy who decided to stay in Derry after, I believe, doing a journalistic assignment on Derry. So right. he was in town, fell in love with the town. It's small town Maine, so obviously not super progressive. No. In, you know, when this takes place. He goes to the local Derry carnival, having a great time, wearing his big eye heart Derry button. Right. Having a great time with his boyfriend. Gets harassed by some men. Pennywise shows up, blah, blah, blah. Kills several of them. They find the one guy's body because the bullies had done things to him because he was gay. And then Pennywise did things to all of them. And it's all a mess in the book. It does sound messy. It's real. I've never read the book, so. It's real dark. Yeah. And at one point, you're in the police office and they're. they're interviewing one of the people involved and he's describing the way Pennywise like killed his boyfriend and then killed the other and you know it's all it's all bad i know that one scene uh in the second chapter of the new it the very first scene the the gay couple getting bullied by the dairy locals and things like that Mm -hmm. and you think like oh they're gonna get their comeuppance nope Mm. well and like i said within the narrative structure yeah it uh, it serves to show the town of Derry really is enveloped by an evil. Right. There's an evil that makes the townspeople turn a blind eye to child abuse and spousal abuse and violence and to make them not investigate all these obviously connected incidents. Right. And that extends to... Like, yeah, there's bad stuff the, going on the, here the, and we're, the, just, we're just ignoring it. Yeah, the, and the accentuation of, of bad in people themselves. You know, those bullies feeling empowered were a lot like Henry Bauer, you know, carving into the fat kid in class. Right. It's that same evil impulse. So I think it's explored well within the context of the book. If you're going to, even a two-part movie, two-part TV movie, two-part in-theater movie, I don't care, you still got to gotta cut down for clarity. Sure. And really focus on how are we going to put the the entirety of these kids relationships spanning you know 30 years in a book do two separate timelines the whole works while also portraying a cosmic evil that has existed you know for thousands of years and came to this planet and happened to to crash underneath dairy basically right and that's all it was is just he just it is there because it kind of landed there and spoiler alert the um, the world you know is on the back of a giant turtle and that turtle. I wanted that to be in the in the movie so bad. I love the idea of the of the of the giant turtle. I would have settled but, for a nod to it. Something, anything. Uh, just a mention of just like, oh, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff I've come across in my research about this. But and there's it happens to be like a, a, a picture of a turtle. You know, I'd be like, oh, they did it. You know, that's uh, that's all I'm asking. I just want some kind of like 
vague reference to Discworld. Well, all right. Here's the thing. Also, I think I think when you start getting into that part of King's writing, it's, it becomes pretty glaringly obvious how influenced by Lovecraft he was. He starts getting into the cosmic stuff, right? And and you don't you don't need it to make a good movie. That's about kids. That's about friendship. That's about you know childhood. That's about fear. It's, there's plenty in this book without going to Cosmic Turtle. Right, but the cosmic turtle is still but there. Also, IMAX theaters exist, and we need to use that to our advantage by filming turtles. There's a shadow that this. There's a pixie following me around, granting me buffs and things like that. I see that. Yeah, and I forgot she was there, and I saw a shadow to my left. You can kind of see her shadow on the screen, kind of running around. Was coming up behind me to the left. I'm like, who is that? That's terrifying. <laughs> oh, it's the pixie following me around, hey, giving listen. me book. Hey, listen. Kill Navi. Kill. Navi. You gots to die. Kill Navi. When I was knocking around what games to play tonight, uh, Ocarina of Time popped up. Ooh, no. Because I have Ocarina yeah, of Time. can't do that. Why not? What's wrong with that? Hey, listen. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing wrong. It's a great game. It's a fu- fantastic game. A lot of like newer Zelda fans, they're always pointing out how Ocarina of Time isn't that great. And I go, it came out 23 years ago? Of course, it's aged it a little bit. Yeah, lay it down, James. Do there's it. some there's some other stuff that has come out that's I would say objectively is a better Zelda game, but sure. not nearly as important that's as Ocarina of progress. Time. You right. know what I mean? I that's how it works. Better. Like I think a link to the past is the the best Zelda game, the one on Super Nintendo. I don't think it's the most. I don't think it's the deepest or most involved Zelda game, but I do think it's my favorite, and that's all it really matters to me. I like. I like several zelda games and i like talking about them in terms like you just said like there are better games there are games that i like for certain systems better than others and like there there's so many ways to slice it that there's place for every zelda game you talk about a a zelda game that is aging quickly and i hate to say this because i love it don't say it i'm gonna say it don't say it i'm gonna say it is Breath of the Wild. No, oh, you said it. I did. I said it. Oh, That's the thing. All right, oh, defend, naughty boy. All right, defend yourself. I'm going to try to anyway. Um, <laughs> I so, don't have to turn off the comments for this video, so yeah. I was watching a YouTube video by a YouTuber by the name of Iron Pineapple yesterday. Sure, why not? Shout and out I'm to just, Iron Pineapple. Oh, he's incredible. He doesn't need a shout out. He's doing all right. Yeah, he's doing just fine. <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing okay. We're helping him out. And he was talking about how he got to do some kind of network test with Elden Ring, which is the new game coming out from from software. Okay. The Dark Souls people. Yeah. Which we will be playing on the show when the game comes out. Because Absolutely. I cannot wait. We'll probably do a whole run up of past Dark Souls games to get ready for it. Yeah, it'll be a it'll be a big deal. It's gonna be a whole thing. So Elden Ring is basically Dark Souls four open world. Nice. And you got to be careful with open world games. Absolutely. Because whenever open world was kind of becoming a thing, I would say 2006, 2007, around where Oblivion came out, mm-hmm. they were always saying things like, my game's the size of Texas. That became such a pissing contest of how many square miles does your game cover? <laughs> it's like, uh... Some of the best games I've ever played cover like a two-block radius. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and I'm like, I'm I'm a grown man with a job. I don't have time to play a game for 90 hours. I don't think you should pad your your game with just needless expanse either. It's like, yeah, you have 50,000 miles, square miles in your game. A third of it's ocean. 
And the rest of it's one city with some outposts with vast nothingness between. That doesn't mean you have an awesome game. Right. And here's my thing about what you just said. Needless Expanse. Mm-hmm. There's tons of Needless Expanse in Breath of the Wild. I don't agree with Needless, but there's tons let of me, Expanse. Let me explain myself. I think you mispronounced the word gorgeous. Gorgeous. I was about to say, this game looks incredible. So even though it feels like, alright, so this is pointless. We didn't really need this. And I say, anytime that Hayao Miyazaki piano thing kicks in, whenever you go over the top of a ridge, mm-hmm. to see some wonderful, magical new land. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was The Lord kind of, of all horses. Right. And... It's like, all right, so maybe this was necessary because it invokes this feeling because of warmth. It sets the stage for this to happen. Yeah, this moment. When you find that uh, Zelda's horse. Would you say that it's the whole. Before we talk about Zelda's horse, would, would you. Because I had, I feel like, similar experiences with Red Dead 2. Okay, see, I didn't play that. When you ride your horse and you're going across, you know, these rolling hills, and you're really. You, you know, there's a variety of landscapes, obviously, but. But there are those moments where you're like, oh, it's it's twilight now, or it's dawn, or <laughs> right. this night is exceptionally clear. I'm glad you didn't stop at, oh, it's twilight now, and then vampires come out of nowhere. Right, right, right. <laughs> Not that kind of twilight. No sparkles whatsoever. So yeah, let's, uh, let's agree that Expanse is good if used well. So Iron Pine- Pineapple was talking about the Expanse in the Elden Ring network test, and mm. this is a demo but it's about eight hours worth of a demo. Oh, wow, yeah. Okay. And I said, I got to get me... How do you get a network test? And I go, oh, you need to be a YouTuber with like nine million subscribers. Yeah, that doesn't hurt. And that's how you get the That's how you get the in. Hey, we're getting there. We're building that wall. Baby, I'm, brick I'm at a time. doing the best I can. And You're doing great. So he was talking about the expanse and how there's always something new and interesting to find. Sure. For example, he burned a bush on accident. There was an NPC hiding in the bush. Oh, with a quest line that just wouldn't have. It, you, no, it's yeah, completely accidental. Have. Yeah, that's and awesome. thanks to his review, I'm going to find this NPC now. You and millions others, yeah. But at the time, he had no idea that this was even there. Oh yeah, I and, love that sense of discovery. That's one of the big reasons I think people even play these types of games. Right, so to have that. That's great. It's why people are looking for the 900 Korok seeds. Shut up. Because Don't call me out like that. <laughs> they they want to find. They want to see all the things. No, screw you. I'm going home. And I like, I, I need some kind of, uh, there are some special weapons that you find in Elden Ring. There's a shield that, it's called the Viper Shield. And whenever you block with it, a snake shoots out of it. That's and rad. A, and attacks the enemy, right? That's really rad. It's completely optional, and you don't have to see it. But they put it into the game. They programmed it anyway. People I can spend s- time on it. I can tell that a lot of love went in the, into Elden Ring. And there's a reason that it, take, that it took six years to develop. However... And we're going to end on a criticism of, of Bethesda. Love it. From software pumped out Elden Ring in six years. It has been ten years. Why are we buying Skyrim again? Yeah, take that, Bethesda. Nailed him. You suck, Todd Howard. You suck, Todd. Of course he does. His name's Todd. I saw Breaking Bad. All right. <laughs>